ஒருத்த <laughs> make us conscious of our object in life what is our destination where we are heading to so this should be the niyat this should be the purpose of us spending this time that we spend this time solely for the pleasure of allah taala so that we do not uh, so that this time is used in a way that allah taala becomes pleased with us with the niyat of amal so that we may practice on whatever is spoken whatever is heard and together with that with the niyat of passing it on to others as well so the purpose must be very clear in our minds the intention the niyat this is extremely important inna ma likulli imri'in ma nawa nabi sallallahu says a person will get what he has intended so the bigger our intention is in terms of that we must be gaining the pleasure of allah taala we must get the tawfiq of making amal ourselves and passing it on to others inshallah accordingly allah taala will bless us in the ayat of the quran sharif that was recited allah taala gives us the command first that ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghad allah taala says in the ayat of the quran sharif that ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha وَلْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ O you believe, fear Allah Ta'ala. This is the first command. And then Allah Ta'ala says, that let every soul, let every person, let every one walking on this earth, let him consider what he has sent ahead for tomorrow. مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ The tomorrow that is being referred to in this ayat of the Quran Sharif is not the tomorrow that will come after today as such it is the tomorrow when a person's eyes will close when he will have to face the consequences of his deeds on the day of qiyamah right in the qabr already he will have to face whatever he has done in this dunya that is the tomorrow that is being referred to we commonly speak about our future everybody is concerned about the future what are we going to do in the future and how are we going to sort out our children for the future but the future that allah taala is taking our attention to is the real future this future is a very very temporary future we don't even have any idea whether we will see that future in dunya or not whether that future before it comes we have already moved on from this dunya and gone to the everlasting abode of the akhirat so the future of this dunya we make so much of effort for allah forbid let alone effort we even transgress the bounds of deen we ignore the laws of allah taala in order to try and so to say secure our future of dunya whereas the issue is that we may never ever see that time in dunya that we planning for and as far as the akhirat is concerned that is a certainty 
We are planning for 10 years ahead from now, 20 years, that child is still 5 years old. But that 5 year old child, his entire future of his schooling and then university career and then whatever else will follow is all being planned from now. For the 3 year old child and 5 year old child is being planned from now. Why? Because we are worried about the future. We want to make the child's life for the future. But making the life in reality is making his life for the akhirat. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is taking our attention to. That do we have, have we made the preparations for that everlasting life of the akhirat? Now if a person has this consciousness of akhirat, there is nothing more effective in keeping a person in doing what he's supposed to do and in refraining from what he's supposed to stay away from. And that is why in numerous places in the Quran Sharif and in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam, this is a repeated lesson, a repeated theme, the aspect of the consciousness of akhirat, the reality of death, the aspects of the qabr, the entire picture of the day of qiyamah. In many ayat of the Quran Sharif, there is this entire picture of the day of Qiyamah that has been depicted. And Allah Ta'ala speak now at the moment, everybody is in this exam mode. And when people are in the exam, it's not only the children that are writing that paper that are in the exam mode. There's a whole, everybody around the child is also in exam mode. The parents are in exam mode. The grandparents are in exam mode. Some distant auntie and uncle are in exam mode also. Because all worried about the child must pass. So we are all worried about the child passing. By all means he must pass whatever he has to pass in dunya. But that is a very temporary thing. The real thing is to pass the test of akhirat. And now how the time when it comes, when the results are going to be announced, it's the time for somebody now to know what, what has been his marks or his metric, whether he's passed or not, he's got exemption or not. Somebody is now in whatever, some other stage of study. So it becomes a very anxious moment and everybody is wanting to know what kind of pass they got, whether they will make it for the next step now, somebody is planning to go to university whether that pass will be good enough for that or not or whether they will have to do something which they don't really want to do, they will have to do something very lesser all these things how much it makes people get so concerned and whatever else Allah Ta'ala depicts the entire scene of Qiyamah in a similar manner that there will be those who will be given their book of deeds in their right hand. Like now the child who got his report, or oh he opened the papers and he saw now he got an exemption. Or oh he got his report and mashallah there is all A's there. It's excellent marks. So now how the child runs around? He's showing everybody the report. And... If somebody is not asking about it, then he is somehow in a roundabout way prompting that person to ask him. Because now he wants to give his result. So in a roundabout way, something, you know, this exam was quite difficult. So now they say, oh, how, the results came out. He says, yes, but I got, it was difficult, but all A's I got. Somehow he will make that person ask him the question. Or he will keep that report sticking out at the top of his pocket. So somebody will see it and they will ask him the question. Now that is out of that, whatever. On the day of Qiyamah, this Pass, very good, the person got good marks, very good, but that good marks doesn't guarantee anything. Many a person got very good marks and his life was still in a shambles. But the good marks of Akhirat, the good marks of the day of Qiyamah, that is something really to rejoice about. And therefore that is something worthwhile rejoicing about. Allah Ta'ala gives that same picture in Ran Sharif, He'll go around. He will go around to people and say, Look, read my book of deeds. There's my book of deeds. And he will say, I knew about this. Alhamdulillah, in dunya with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, I tried to keep away, keep onto the things Allah Ta'ala had commanded, tried to stay away from things Allah Ta'ala had forbidden. It was a challenge sometimes. It was, for example, a holiday time, and now in the holiday mode, everybody is going all over, wherever, doing whatever they want to do, 
and not concerned about whether this is going to be something that is halal or haram, but some phase taking place somewhere and everybody is there, how can I get left out of this entire excitement? Somebody is going to some kind of party and somebody is going to some other venue and everybody is at the beach, doesn't matter now, it's all in the midst of every fitna. But now how can I get left out of all this excitement? No, no, that person said, no, I am not going to these places. I am not going to be part of such a venue where the laws of Allah Ta'ala are being flagrantly violated. I am not going to be, for the sake of some little thrill and excitement, I am not going to be going to such a place where the azab of Allah Ta'ala is descending. But sometimes it descends on the hearts and sometimes it comes physically. Sometimes it comes physically, that is a lesser form of azab. That is a lesser form of azab. Allah forbid Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. Allah Ta'ala keep us in afiyat. Allah Ta'ala keep everybody in afiyat. But at the same time, just to understand this, that there are two types of azab that come. One is the greater azab, the other is the lesser azab. The Quran Sharif also, Allah Ta'ala speaks about these categories of azab. Allah Ta'ala says we will now sometimes give them a list of some punishment but the lesser punishment, not the greater punishment. Why? So that this lesser punishment is not for the sake of really for punishment, it is for the sake of making them open their eyes and come back to Allah Ta'ala. Now if some times there is a calamity of some sort, there is some kind of disaster as we call them natural disasters. So now this is sometimes a test, it's a challenge on some people and on sometimes it's an azab also. But even if it comes in the form of azab, that particular form of azab is sometimes the lesser azab. It creates widespread devastation sometimes. But it's a lesser azab for those who survived it. Now it makes them think, makes them ponder, makes them realize where they went off and many a times provided that the person took the lesson from there and he turned his life for the better, this too is nevertheless something we should always make dua to Allah Ta'ala to save us from these kind of situations, not to put us to these kind of tests also. That we are too weak for being tested. We should keep asking for afiyat. But when these things come sometime as an azab, it's the lesser form of azab. This is a lesser form of azab, some flood, some tsunami comes, is that a lesser form of azab? There's an earthquake and a person survived it, his house got destroyed, Allah forbid, other things happened, is that the lesser form of azab? Sometimes some other type of difficulty comes, like in some places people just overnight because of some political turmoil, because of whatever else, overnight people who were in the lap of luxury and wealth overnight become paupers. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from all these kind of halat and conditions which are the reality in dunya. But the lesson is, the issue is that Allah forbid if this has happened somewhere that is the lesser form of azab. What is the greater form of azab then? The greater form of azab is that the person's heart becomes completely closed towards deen. The person becomes completely unmindful of deen. He forgets Allah Ta'ala he forgets the Qur'an Sharif, he forgets Salah, he forgets Dua, he forgets Zikr and on top of all that, he feels that he is really enjoying everything. He is in the, he is really, everything is happening right for him. Now that is the bigger azab. That is the bigger azab that Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Qur'an Sharif. فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala says regarding the disbelievers that when they forgot that they were being reminded by the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala the Ummats of the previous nations the previous Anbiya they were being reminded and being told look, don't continue in this heedless way of life come back to Allah Ta'ala take heed of whatever the warnings of Allah Ta'ala are and they just totally ignored it what is all the stories now? We can't carry on so seriously in life. And now it's the holiday period, so now we have to enjoy life as well. And we can't become like hermits sitting in the house and doing nothing. So all these things, these are things that 
they were faced with these challenges. But they forgot Allah Ta'ala. They, they forgot the warnings of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِي What was the end result? What was the consequence of this? فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شيء. Says we opened up the doors of everything for them. Now before if they were in the lap of luxury, now the luxury started pouring in. The luck... Not sure what had come through and what not, but nevertheless, we had been discussing the aspect about the day of Qiyamah with those who Allah Ta'ala depicts this entire scene of the day of Qiyamah. And all this is to keep us in remembrance of and in consciousness of this Akhirat, because this consciousness of Akhirat is what keeps a person doing what is right. And keeps him away from what is wrong. So Allah Ta'ala speaks about those on the day of Qiyamah who will get their book of deeds in the right hand. Like those who pass the exam now and they get very good results. They're going around from person to person showing them the report. Look at the marks I got. Look at all the A's I got. On the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala says, biyamini." The one who has been given his book of deeds in the right hand, he'll go around. And he will go around saying, look at my book of deeds. How mukra'u kitabia? Read my book of deeds. Inni wanantu anni mulaqin hisabia. And he says, I knew about this. That in dunya, in dunya there were many challenges, but I made sabr with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. I didn't allow the wrong to come and take over me. I stayed away from all the haram places. Everybody was in their holiday mode. They were going all over the place, somebody was going to some fair, all the intermingling, all the music and whatever else, all in the name of Islam sometimes. But I didn't go there because I know that this is not going to be good for my Iman. This is going to harm me spiritually. Somebody was all in the midst of all the fitna on the beaches, somebody in some other places, wherever the fitna is and people are just flocking there. But I stayed away. Now the day of Qiyamah, the person has the, has the right to now rejoice in this manner. Because now it is genuine. There is no going back from there. Now it is open. So therefore Allah Ta'ala gives him that free reign to now go and rejoice. So he will be talking about it. Inni wanantu anni mulaqin hisabi. I made that sabr in dunya. I didn't allow people to come and influence me to go to any place which is not going to be good for my deen. Not going to be conduce, conducive for a Muslim to be there. So now on that day this person will be in enjoyment. On that note, some way we started the discussion about that sometimes in this dunya, a person is going to such places and thinks nothing happened. Whereas these are places where the azab of Allah Ta'ala, wherever the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is happening openly, these are places where the azab of Allah Ta'ala descends. But sometimes you see what, what azab came. I went there, I spent every day there of that four or five days or wherever I went, I was in the midst of all the fitna, what azab came? Yes, okay, the tsunami came one time so many years ago, it killed 250,000 people. But now that doesn't happen every day. Where you get tsunamis every day? Okay, one earthquake happened somewhere. So that was not, that something happened far away in the world. It won't happen here. I went here and came, I went and enjoyed myself. I had a, such a holiday. Where, what azab are you talking about? Whereas the azab, what is the azab of a lesser category? The azab of the lesser category is the azab that comes in a physical manner. Allah Ta'ala protect us from every kind of azab. Allah Ta'ala keep us in afiyat. But there's some kind of what we call natural disasters. This is the lesser type of azab. Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Quran Sharif as well. That we will sometimes inflict them with the smaller punishment. The smaller punishment, all these kind of challenges that come in dunya. Whether it is something in one's personal life, whether it is some uh, general thing that comes up, some natural disaster as we call them. All these things are part of this lesser azab. For the pious it comes as a test. For those who are disobedient to Allah Ta'ala it comes as an azab. But this Allah Ta'ala says is the lesser azab. Then what is the greater azab? <coughs> the greater azab is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about in another ayat of the Quran Sharif. فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ That when they forgot that which they were reminded about, 
the Nabi of the time reminded them that look, this is the law of Allah Ta'ala and fulfill what Allah Ta'ala wants, refrain from whatever Allah Ta'ala is forbidden, they just ignored it. They can't become too, too serious in life and all kinds of comments they'll make. So Allah Ta'ala says when this became the order of the day and they forgot and ignored whatever Allah Ta'ala's commands was, whatever the reminders were, Allah Ta'ala says, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Now this is the big azab. The big azab came in which way? That have your fun now. Allah Ta'ala opened the doors of everything to them. Now the wealth started pouring in despite flagrant disobedience. The person is involving himself in all kinds of haram transactions, in interest and all kinds of wrong things and not bothered about his salah while trying to earn his living or whatever he's doing. And now the more he's going in that wrong direction, suddenly it seems like he's getting more. He's getting even more wealthier by the moment. And everything seems to be very rosy for him. It doesn't seem like he's even having a headache. Fir'aun didn't have a headache for 40 years, let alone any other illness. 40 years he didn't even experience a headache. So now this person also starts becoming a Fir'aun. And he also feels that now everything is fine for me. Allah Ta'ala is saying this is the bigger azab. فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا Allah says, finally when they became very proud and arrogant over what they had been given. Because they thought this is all theirs. They thought that this is what I want to do with it as I want and because I have all this at my disposal now, it's free for me to do what I want. حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا أَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْتَةً فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْلِسُونَ Allah says, then we suddenly seize them. We seize them out of the blue. But now because this came out of the blue, there was no chance to now think anything, there was no chance to even make any amends, no chance for toba, no chance for any recompense of any sort. They were now totally in bewilderment and next moment is all over. All over in dunya, now you've got to face your consequences in akhirat. Now that is the big azab. The big azab where the person's heart gets disinclined from deen, the person forgets Allah Ta'ala, the person becomes bold in committing sin. The person becomes totally heedless, can't be concerned and just goes headlong into any sin, into complete uh, immorality, all kinds of immoral things, behayai, complete lack of shame and modesty. Whether it is lack of shame and modesty in one speaking, that too has become such an issue. People just speak anyhow what they want. People are sitting around in one, many times these kind of things come, that in one household, people are sitting around the dasarkhan and eating and things which two people wouldn't talk between themselves because it is shameful to talk such things, suddenly being brought openly on the dasarkhan where everybody of all ages are there, and whatever, whoever is there, and nobody is giving any kind of attention to it, batting an eyelid, that look, this kind of talk here, where's the shame, where's the, but where this all comes from? It all comes as part of this azab. That now a person loses shame. How somebody is dressed, they can't be bothered. And this is my life. I will do what I want. I will dress as I want. And doesn't matter, this is totally immoral, immodest. The meaning of immodesty, the meaning of shamelessness gets lost. So now a person, that whole definition changes. So what at one time was something absolutely shameless. In the eyes of the public, the definition of that changes. As time goes, that becomes okay. It's not too good, but it's okay. Then that which is okay, in time that becomes good. In the eyes of people of, who are going in that direction. That becomes fine. Something worse than that is bad, but that becomes fine. And before one knows it, one is gone really deep down in the depths. Now this is the big azab that a person's heart becomes sealed from understanding the truth, becomes sealed towards accepting the truth. That is a very dangerous situation. And that, when a person boldly and blatantly goes to such environments, and a person, despite realizing and knowing that, look, this is not the place for a Muslim to be, this is not the place for a person to come and spend time here, now that is where the heart gets affected and that is unfortunately a very dangerous thing. So what we were talking about is that 
this ayat of the Quran Sharif where we commence the discussion Allah O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala and consider what you have sent ahead for tomorrow and the tomorrow is referring to the tomorrow of Akhirat because dunya, dunya will perish very soon and then again Allah Ta'ala says وَاتَّقُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ the first ittaqullah referred to fearing Allah Ta'ala and fulfilling whatever Allah Ta'ala has commanded the first ittaqullah is regarding the awamir the obligations of deen so now a person who has the fear of Allah Ta'ala they'll perform their salah they will keep their fast they'll give their zakat correctly if hajj is compulsory they'll fulfill that their salah they'll be concerned that they must do it in the right time not the last moment now the time is about to drag out and at that time a person just in haste goes Nabi Islam describes this in one hadith that a person then now as the time is expiring like a hen that is pecking at seeds up on quickly just making sajda in haste Allah Ta'ala doesn't have any need for such a salah we are depriving ourselves and drawing down the severe consequences of this on ourselves but now this first ittaqullah refers to fulfilling all the commands of Allah Ta'ala and then again in the same ayat Allah Ta'ala says وَاتَّقُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ and fear Allah Ta'ala fear Allah Ta'ala now this is the reference of fearing Allah Ta'ala in refraining from whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden all the things Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from so now stay far away from it and whatever are the means that take a person towards sin that too is extremely important to refrain from those means because if a person gets close to the means of sin the person will fall into sin so nowadays, unfortunately, one of the biggest means of sin has become the technology. All the various technologies and these technologies have become the baits of shaitan. And shaitan is using this in a wholesale manner to take people far away from Allah Ta'ala, far away from deen, is destroying their deen with it, destroying their dunya with it also. This is the zamana of the tablet this is that tablet which has become a source of major headaches of every kind, spiritual, physical it's a tablet which is a sickness in itself okay. previously a tablet was to help ease and relieve the pain this is a tablet that creates pain it's a tablet that causes the difficulty not necessarily that the tablet itself is haram but by and large people are using this is just an example tablet whether it might be whatever mode of whatever kind of technology it might be or whatever type of phone it might be if a person is misusing it whether by misusing it in the form of keeping in contact with people that are not permissible to keep in contact with via social media and all these things and unfortunately the very big dangerous thing in all this is that when a person initially starts off on all these things they also in the heart some way they know this is wrong then one person becomes involved in it, then the second, the third, the fifth, twenty, fifty. In time everybody almost is now caught up in all this. As a result, then that consciousness of it being haram also starts leaving the heart. And that is now gone to a very dangerous level. That something haram and is not even being regarded as haram. So this is the aspect that needs to be now very very carefully thought about that we do not get caught up in all this so the second wattaqullah is referring to the aspect of refraining from whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden Allah Ta'ala is saying wattaqullah inna Allah khabirun bima ta'amalun remember Allah Ta'ala is aware of what you are doing this is a muraqaba, a meditation that we are being taught that to be conscious to sit down to think about it to ponder over it sit around 2-3 minutes and keep reminding ourselves Allah Ta'ala is aware of what you do Allah Ta'ala is aware of where I am looking Allah Ta'ala is aware of what I am listening to Allah Ta'ala is aware of what I am thinking so I need to be conscious of Allah Ta'ala and do that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with not get involved in things that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with and then further Allah Ta'ala says in the next ayat وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ that do not become like those who forgot Allah Ta'ala 
then Allah Ta'ala made them forget themselves. Ula'ika humul fasiqoon. They are the miscreants. What does it mean a person forgets himself? Does it mean somebody will ask him, what's your name? He'll say, I forgot. Or where you live, I forgot. No, the person knows very well where he lives, what's his name. He'll give all his titles also. And he'll give a lot of details about what, what he did in life. And, but he'll forget himself. Forget himself that he will not be able to distinguish between what is going to be beneficial to him, what will harm him. Despite knowing these things are harmful to him, he'll go headlong into it. That is forgetting himself. That he will be totally unmindful of what the consequences of it will be. He knows these things are haram, what it, how it has destroyed others, how people have ruined their lives, but he'll go headlong into it. This kind of gatherings, these kind of venues, these kind of uh, whatever fairs and all these things, what has happened here? How many people have got caught up in so much of fitna in these places? The person just heedlessly goes. As a result, he gets caught up in it. Now, he forgot himself. He forgot that, look, I need to save myself from this. I cannot get caught up in all these things. So now, this is the big aspect that to remember oneself. That Number one, remember ourselves that we are blessed with Iman. This is the first thing to remember. That what a great gift of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this bounty of Iman. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this beautiful deen. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this opportunity for gaining this everlasting Jannat. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with all these bounties. So firstly to remember we are Mu'mineen, we are not one of the crowd. We don't just go headlong wherever everybody is going. But we think first, we stop to ponder, is Allah Ta'ala going to be pleased with this? We stop to think that on the day of Qiyamah I am going to have to face Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With what face will I see him? I will want his shafaat and intercession. What I am doing now, will that become a barrier between me and Nabi Wasallam? Am I going to be causing taklif to his Mubarak heart? Nabi Wasallam remembered his ummah at every occasion. At all times, Ya Rabbi Ummati, Ya Rabbi Ummati. And I am forgetting him. So now to ponder over this. Now this is that aspect about that we are being given this lesson, don't forget yourself. Firstly, remember that we are believers. Then together with that, we have insaniyat in us, obviously. We have humanity in us, so we have to remember the humanity at large also. To try and present the right example to them, so that they also come to the deen of Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, the manner in which we sometimes conduct ourselves, this is something that becomes a barrier for others to come into deen. Whether that refers to how we sometimes deal with our servants, how we deal with people in the community, how we deal with people we have to sometimes end up doing some work with of some sort, interact with them in some way. Now all this is something we have to remember that Allah Ta'ala has placed us in dunya, we are going to be living among people, we have to deal with people in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us. And together with these things, remember that this life is very, very temporary, very short. We have to move to the akhirat. So now all this is coming back down on this aspect of remembering. But now, remembering ourselves, when it will happen, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has said that they forgot Allah Ta'ala. When they forgot Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala made them forget themselves. So if we remember Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will enable us to remember ourselves. That who we are, where we are headed to, what is going to help us to get there safely, what is going to become a big problem on the way, Allah Ta'ala will help us to remember all this. But it starts off from the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Now this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is something that we should take very, very careful note of, give a lot of importance to this. This is not something casual, by the way. In the Hadith Sharif, there are so many ahadiths emphasizing the aspect of zikr. In the Quran Sharif, obviously, there are so many ayat. Uskurullah, zikran, kasira. There are many, many aspects mentioned in the Quran Sharif. But it's zikr. When zikr is mentioned, Allah Ta'ala says, Uskurullah, zikran, kasira. Remember Allah Ta'ala excessively. Then in the ahadith, there are so many riwayat and narrations that emphasize the aspect of zikr. For example, in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that Allah Ta'ala has angels, يَطُوفُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ 
they move around on the earth looking for what? Looking for those who are engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Can you imagine Allah Ta'ala's pure makhluk? Some of them are deputed purely for this purpose and this for this for this work and task. That to go and find those who are engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, as they are moving around, some of them come across some people who are engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. So they call upon the other malaika. That look, here is what you are looking for. Come here. Now let us, as we are talking about this, just imagine this is our home where the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is taking place. Where somebody is remembering Allah Ta'ala. And the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is in all the various ways in which Allah Ta'ala is reminded and remembered. One is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in the form of the tasbihat. Somebody reciting some istighfar, somebody is reciting La ilaha illallah, somebody is making Duru Sharif. This too is all remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Duru Sharif, we passing on the Duru to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but we making the dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Ya Allah, you send down these blessings on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, whether it is a tasbihat and zikrs, etc., tilawat of the Quran Sharif is a very great zikr. That is, afzal zikr. Then, whether ta'aleem is taking place in that home, that's a very great zikr also. People are remembering Allah Ta'ala by learning deen, teaching deen, or reciting the kitab, the fazail amal, etc. This is also something which is part of zikr. And likewise, just giving somebody some deeny advice. We are sitting around eating, but we are advising our children, others, giving them something, in a nice way, in a casual way, casual in the sense like very, very light, not making it a very formal thing, but that too is now zikr. But in all these aspects of zikr, the emphasis is on this verbal zikr. So now this verbal zikr these people are engaged in, and the angels come across this, and they call upon one another, Halummu ila hajatikum, here is what you are looking for, come here. So in any case, all the angels come, there so many angels come, that they throng around this gathering or these people or that person whoever is engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance and one on top of the other now they start forming this kind of like a pillar of malaika because they all want to be in that line and where does this finish off? right up to the arsh of Allah Ta'ala subhanallah now can we imagine the, talk, the, the, the example we are giving our home there's somebody involved in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and now that home, this malaika, upon the number of malaika that have gathered around this home, and this is reaching all the way to the arsh of Allah Ta'ala. This has become a doorway between that home and the heavens. So now that barakat and the blessings from above come directly to that home. So in any case, these malaika now, Allah Ta'ala then questions them. Allah Ta'ala knows better than them what, what, what everything is all about. Allah Ta'ala is more aware, but Allah Ta'ala wants to make it known to the malaika also. So Allah Ta'ala questions them, where have you come from? So they say, we have passed by some servants of yours who are remembering you. So Allah Ta'ala says that they are remembering me, have they seen me? He says, no, they haven't seen you. So what will happen if they see me? If they see you, they will be even more engaged in your remembrance and they will be even more engaged in your obedience. Allah Ta'ala says, what are they asking for? Say, they are asking for Jannat. Have they seen Jannat? No, they haven't seen Jannat. So what will be the case if they see Jannat? Then the angels reply that if they have to ever see Jannat, they will engage themselves even more. And they will have even greater shock and even greater enthusiasm to get to Jannat safely. So they will do what takes them there. Say, so what are they seeking refuge from? What are they trying to save themselves from? The angels reply that they are seeking refuge from Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala inquires, have they seen Jahannam? Say, no, they haven't seen Jahannam. What will happen if they see Jahannam? If they see Jahannam, they will flee from it even more. And they will do whatever it takes to stay safe from Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala then says to the Malaika, that look, I am making you witness that I have forgiven them. Now, this is the reward of those who are engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That right through the malaika have formed this chain. And Allah Ta'ala now announces the forgiveness of the people in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. 
and together with that, then the angels say further, but Ya Allah, there was a certain person in that gathering, he had not come for the sake of your remembrance. Innama ja'ali hajatin. He had just come, he had some need. For example, now somebody was busy in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, another person came and sat there because he's waiting for him to finish because he's got some work with him. So now he's just sitting there waiting. When this person finishes off, then I can do whatever work I've come for. Allah Ta'ala says that, look, that person came for whatever he came, but these people who are engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance are such. That even the person who is just sitting there idly, he's not even in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. But that gathering is so mubarak, that the person just sitting there idly also, Allah Ta'ala says, even the person just sitting with them is not deprived. The person just sitting there for whatever other work he came for. But he also does not get deprived of the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. So can we imagine the person actually engaged in the dhikr? And this is what Nabi Sallallahu this aspect of this barakats and blessings that come. Nabi Sallallahu gives one example that مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ كَمَثَلِ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّدِ The person who remembers his Rabb, remembers Allah Ta'ala. And the person who does not remember Allah Ta'ala. These are two people, different categories. What is their example? The example of the people who remember Allah Ta'ala, kamasal al-hayy, is like the example of a living person. And those who do not remember Allah Ta'ala, wal mayyid, like the example of a dead person. Now a dead person, a dead person can do nothing. He's lying dead there. He can't move, he can't talk, he can't do anything. Likewise, when a person is not keeping up with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala has become non-existent in the person's life. As a result, the spiritual life dies out. The spiritual energies die out. Now the person has got a lot of good thoughts sometimes, that I should do this, I should go there, I should read the Qur'an Sharif, I should make some tasbihat. But now the energy is all gone. Like a dead person can do nothing. So now to move oneself becomes a very difficult task. To pick up a novel and start reading, very easy. Read the whole novel, two, three hundred pages in one night becomes easy. And to read one page of the Qur'an Sharif, very difficult. Because there is no spiritual energy to do something spiritual. So like that dead person, this person too cannot move. But the person who has this zikr in his life, very easily, he can wake up for fajr very easily. He can even go to the masjid very easily in the cold winter morning. In the early summer morning, he can go very easily. Because the spiritual energy is there. The person with the spiritual energy can restrain anger for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Because the spiritual energy is there. So now the person is conscious. Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala is away. Allah Ta'ala will reward me for restraining this anger. The spiritual energy is there. The person who has the spiritual energy will be able to control his eyes and drop it down because Allah Ta'ala's command is min And say to the believing woman also to lower their gazes. To lower their gazes from looking at any haram, non-mahrams, etc. But now when will that, that eyelid doesn't take any effort to close. But it requires spiritual energy to close from haram. Otherwise, as easy as it is to close the eyes, it doesn't take any effort, it doesn't take any energy as such. In fact, if a person has low energy, his eyes just start closing. But, if that spiritual energy is missing, then he won't be able to close that eyelids also from haram. If the spiritual energy is, closing, is, is lacking, then it doesn't take an effort not to speak. It takes an effort to speak. But now when the spiritual energy is missing, a person won't be able to hold back his tongue from ghibat. He won't be able to hold his tongue back from other kinds of haram talk. Because the spiritual energy is missing, it's like the brakes missing now in the car. And he's going headlong down the bank and cliff, but he can't hold it back. So now this is the crucial thing to develop the spiritual energy. And unfortunately, that is the thing that is neglected most. That we don't give it any consideration. Then the other thing is, if there are living people around one, one is like a living person himself, he's among living people. When he's among living people, he feels comforted, he feels a sense of security, he feels a sense of happiness, somebody is now there, they, it's a source of support for him, somebody is cheering him up, 
there's some lightheartedness, there's some good feelings, some cheer, some happiness. So this is among living people. And if he's sitting there alone among dead people, and he's also half dying, what goes through him? Even if those people lying dead, they are all strangers to him. He never knew one of them. But he feels very, very miserable. He feels very, very uncomfortable. He just, he cannot do anything in a comfortable manner. Somebody comes there and presents the best food to him. The thing that he always relishes. But sitting among dead people, is he going to be able to enjoy that food? So likewise, when the person himself has got the zikr alive, and the people of the household are also involved in that remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And obviously the, the, the main aspect of remembrance is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, staying away from haram. And this constancy on the verbal zikr is what gives the energy to fulfill these commands of Allah Ta'ala and refrain from the haram. So now everybody in the household is completing their tasbihat. Completing the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the ma'amulat. Now everybody feels that happiness. Everybody feels that good feeling. Because all living. And otherwise, then it will be the opposite. In another narration, the word actually is used is, مَثَلُ الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي يُذْكَرُ فِيهِ الرَّبِّ وَالْبَيْتُ الَّذِي لَا يُذْكَرُ فِيهِ الرَّبِّ كَمَثَلِ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّدِ That that home, wherein Allah Ta'ala is remembered, is like that home, is like the home of a living person. There are people living in there. So there's a, it's an inhabited house. It's an inhabited house, people are there, there's activity, there's movement, a person feels comforted. Otherwise, if it's just four walls, it can be the most luxurious place. One person went to some, what they call, retirement village. These are all fancy words for actually, what it's meant to be, is a place of abandonment. But they, to make it dignified, they call it retirement village. So one person went to visit one retirement village somewhere. And he wrote an article after that. And he says when he got there, everything was looking so nice. From the outside, the lawn and all those houses built so nicely and neatly. And beautiful gardens around it. There was probably some little water feature somewhere. He says it was like a holiday destination. You feel like you want to come and spend your whole life here. And these people living here might be really, really very, very happy here. And then when he got to start going to meet the people, now one person living in one house alone, another person living in another house alone, and no family has ever come to meet them for Allah knows best how long, says that people had everything that they wanted to, because this was now not something out of like poverty stricken they came, this was they were paying big money to be there. And all the facilities provided, caregivers, Caregivers at 24 hours, round the clock, available. Medical attention available. But the people he described that were there, says the loneliness was gnawing at them. The loneliness was eating them up. That nobody has taken the trouble to come and even visit them, their family, just left them for themselves. And this is how life is carrying on. And nobody there to even bother about them. And the biggest thing, they had all the luxury, because it was a place that was built in that manner. For those who can afford it, for the super rich, who have been abandoned, who nobody is interested in now, because they have served their purpose for others, now others have to enjoy their life, others have to now have a good time and a merry time. So now where is this old man and old lady we are going to have in our midst, and be, now our fun is going to get interrupted by them, so they abandon them. Now this person is living in that house of all the luxuries and facilities, but ask him, is it something that he is happy to be there? So it's like a dead house. All the facilities mean nothing. All those luxuries don't give any comfort. Because the comfort is in the heart. And the person's heart is broken. The person's heart is now crying for some kind of company, for attention, for some kind of comfort from family, from others around. But there's nothing to be found. So likewise, this is the issue we were talking about, this example of zikr. That in the example Nabi Islam gives, that the household where the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is not taking place is like a household, a house where there is dead people. There is one corpse lying in that house also, that whole house is in grief. Even if it was somebody else who passed away somewhere down the road, and we don't know who the person is, they just brought the corpse in the house, everybody is in a very different state of mind and heart. 
Now that becomes the situation that when a person is devoid of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the household is devoid of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, then that barakat is gone. Then there's an emptiness, there's, despite whatever the comforts are, there's some void, there's some emptiness inside, which a person is trying to fill. And now where he's trying to fill it, he's trying to fill it from things that are outside, with some entertainment, with some kind of social media, with getting onto the internet, with going to places here and there and what not. But the vacuum and the, the emptiness is inside the heart. These external things can only fill something outside. It can fill something external, it will give the eyes some kind of comfort for a while, it will give the ear, but the heart is still empty. And the heart will only get filled with what is its nourishment. A person is hungry, and now he's hungry, he says, okay, I'll just read, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, I won't eat today. He's going to feel more hungry. Subhanallah, it's tasbih, it's a very, very great thing, but it is spiritual nourishment. But Allah Ta'ala has created dunya in a way, where the physical nourishment will have to be taken for the stomach. A time will come before Qiyamah, when people will recite Subhanallah, that will take the place of even physical nourishment. They won't need to eat. But that is one time before Qiyamah, when they'll have to flee to the mountains, away from Yajuj, Majuj, etc. But now he'll have to eat to fill his stomach. So just as he cannot fill his stomach merely by reciting Tasbih, he can eat the most luxurious food, but he won't be able to fill his heart. Because what the heart requires is not food, meaning the edible food. The heart, that doesn't require what the scenery is in front. The heart doesn't require some sounds. The heart doesn't require some talk. The heart requires that with the zikr and the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala do the hearts get peace. That's the nourishment of the heart. And primarily that is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala and together with that this is the very important thing, this verbal zikr of Allah. So now that home where the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is taking place, there is a tilawah taking place, there is a talim taking place, on the note of this talim, this is just something by the way that is coming to mind as we are speaking, there have been many many homes where there were some issues, domestic issues, whatever, between spouses, between other family members and so on. and Obviously everybody's problem is different, somebody's problem is on one side, somebody's on a different type, somebody's a third situation. But among other things, depending on whatever the issues were, whatever else was advised by various, whoever they went to, among the things that were advised was to start off the talim of the Fazail Kitabs in the home. Now somebody's problem is on one type, somebody's a third type, somebody's another fifth type. So, accordingly they were given advices, but one aspect that everybody was told, you start off the talim in the home. And with Allah Ta'ala's fazal, wherever the talim then took off and became a constant part of that program of the home, and it was being done diligently, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's fazal, that this is the fazal of Allah Ta'ala, and on the asbab level, this is the karamat of that kitab and of the author that everybody experienced a dramatic change in the halat. It took maybe somebody in one month's time, somebody two months, somebody three months, somebody four months, whatever time it took. But gradually things started improving and there was a dramatic change over time. In the general, somebody you ask them after and how is everything going, you say well it's about 60% now. So from 20% it came to 60%. 20% is already on breaking point. They, it was like both parties wanted to now call it a day. They wanted to now go their own ways. Now 60% is past. It might not be perfect yet, but with more effort it can come even better. But 60% is a past mark. A person feels comfortable. He, he can carry on with life with 60%. So now the common factor in all these cases, the common factor was the salim. And this is the barakat of this kitab. So this is something now to make part of that program of the home to get the barakat. Now this whole discussion that the main part of this has been bringing alive the zikr and remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So this is not something just to speak about, to listen to and then we all continue with our life without any change in it. We need to now program ourselves that every day without fail, there must be some time in the day 
sometime in the 24 hours, sometime of our daily program, which is dedicated for zikr. One is the ongoing zikr, meaning every now and then somebody is busy with their chores, somebody is cooking, somebody is doing something, whatever. Every now and again, some kalimat, some tasbihat, every now and again, we'll do whatever we have to do, we'll speak what we have to speak. But there are moments of silence also, there are moments we are just going about our work on our own. So every now and again, we have to keep our tongues engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. That is a mu'min. A person who has iman, وَالَّذِينَ amanu ashaddu hubban lillah. The believers, their muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala is the most intense. They love other things around also. That's natural. They love their families, they love their possessions also. But their love for Allah Ta'ala is most intense. Now somebody has a son, some child who's far away, is studying somewhere, and is attached every now and again. That mother is remembering her son, my son, what my son might be doing, what my son might be eating today. Now somebody studying overseas, every day that some talk will come about that son. Whereas sometimes you don't know what's going to be the outcome of all this. Allah Ta'ala is our benefactor, Allah Ta'ala is our creator, Allah Ta'ala is our nourisher, Allah Ta'ala has done everything for us, Allah Ta'ala is keeping us sustain, sustained and alive. So now we have to keep remembering Him. So one is that remembrance, but together with that, some dedicated time, even if it's for a start, just five to ten minutes, in that some tasbihat, the aspect of istighfar, hundred times istighfar, even the short form of istighfar, but very deeply with remorse and regret in the heart, Astaghfirullah, 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 Astaghfirullah. Properly with concentration, with remorse, feeling that each time a person is reciting Astaghfirullah, it is washing off the heart. The sins of the heart are being washed away. And in this way, the person is making istighfar. Then Durood Sharif hundred times, Nabi Islam's innumerable favors upon us. This is only just a token of an expression of Gratitude. We can. We don't do any favor to Rasulullah in reality. The favor is back to us, but some token of appreciation this is. But the benefit of it comes back to us. So hundred times durood sharif, even the short form of durood sharif, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Both this istighfar and durood sharif hundred times each done very well, properly with concentration won't take more than five six minutes. Five six minutes out of the whole day and night in a dedicated manner, surely we can spend that five six minutes sometime five minutes for tilawat of the Quran Sharif if more than that is already happening we, we carry on with that and try to increase it but for a start if nothing is happening five minutes whatever can be recited in that five minutes somebody in five minutes can recite five pages mashallah very good somebody in five pages can recite three pages somebody can recite one page in five minutes but we said that five minutes I'm going to recite Quran Five minutes out of 2,400 and some minutes in the day, five minutes for tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the kalam of Allah Ta'ala, to talk to Allah Ta'ala, via the zikr to remember Allah Ta'ala, surely we can spare this five minutes. But then this will, we see what barakat this will bring in our homes. We encourage everybody around us. Our tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, our tasbihat, ta'aleem, this should become part of our daily program. And we encourage everybody in the home, that look how long it's going to take, two minutes, three minutes, to make istighfar hundred times. But such great benefits and bounties. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man lazim al-istighfar. The person who holds on to istighfar, excessively making istighfar, Allah Ta'ala will give him a way out of every problem. Everybody has some problem or the other. This is the solution Allah Ta'ala is giving him, giving us. Way out of every problem. Allah Ta'ala will grant rizq from sources that cannot be imagined. So, istighfar hundred times, durood sharif, beside maybe sometimes in the talim, the fazail durood, just to conscientize us of what are the virtues of durood. And with that virtues in mind, now to daily engage in that durood. So, we'll see what difference it will bring to our own lives. Our hearts will be lit up. This heart which is now in the state of misery will become very happy. And despite the challenges of dunya sometimes, but this heart will be content, it will be at ease, because there is nothing but amal to bring about that peace and contentment. Nothing else can give it. If a person has that contentment in the heart, then the external things also will be a source of some kind of happiness, pleasure, comfort. A person will appreciate those comforts. Otherwise, if the heart is in turmoil, all these things mean nothing. So this is the thing to build the heart, build our homes with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, Build our lives with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. 
make our lives real lives, lives worthwhile by the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. This is something which is normally taken casually, but it's a very, very important thing and something that we should now bring alive in every home, bring alive in ourselves first and foremost, bring alive in our homes and we encourage others as well. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخذنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحب سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وسابر معين والحمد لله